So when I'm delving into a new topic, I always try to be really curious about it and come into it with an open mind. And I think I'm, from that is a needs to come like a willingness to change your mind when the evidence changes. I mean, that's what science is. Is there something that you've changed your mind about recently? I spent a lot of time in the technology world, and I have to say I was very stunned how the AIs went from basically not being able to read or write at all to doing that in a very facile way. Still very imperfect, but it kind of blew my mind. I had challenged people to pass a test and thought they might never, at least would take them years, but within a few months, they were able to do it. So now, you know, I'm thinking about, wow, how do we use this in education and health and in various environmental challenges? So the the power of these AIs, I I mispredicted uh, that, and I'm, I'm reformed. Do you think AI will play a role in climate action? Well, absolutely, because our ability to model complex phenomena, the AIs are helping a lot with that. So, for example, looking at the genetics of cows and saying, hey, some cows emit a lot of methane and some emit very, very little, and some cows... Uh, survive in hot weather very well and some do not. And then along with our ability to edit genes, one of the most dramatic source of emissions that at one time I wasn't sure the path forward, now we can see either making the cows better or various techniques where they, they create meat without the cow. So the power of AI to look at those genes and see the patterns. Um, even the weather modeling piece, now AI is being applied to that, both the long-term, which is you know, kind of those climate models, but say telling a farmer in Africa, based on the weather, should they go ahead and plant now, or is it gonna be so dry you know, they used to always plant at the first rain, but if you know that's anomalous, you know, then, then you shouldn't plant. And so the AIs are really starting to help us with very practical problems. For you, what, what's an area where new data kind of changed your, your view of things? So I think my general framework for change on many of these technologies is that if you generate an alternative technology, which is as good as the original and is cheaper than the original, then people will just adopt it. And I think that's true for energy sources. Like I think people are not that bothered about what actually comes goes into the plug. They just want reliable power. I think one area where I'm a bit more skeptical of that framework now is in food. Now, I'm a big fan of meat substitutes. I love Impossible Burger, Beyond Meat Burger. Like, I'm a vegan, so I, I eat this stuff all the time. I think I had this framework in my head that if they just got cheap enough and tasted good, that people would just make that switch. I'm now becoming much more sceptical that it will be as easy as that. I think there will just be this inherent resistance for many people that it's not meat, so I'm not going to make the switch. So to me, I'm leaning more towards... I think if we're going to see this large-scale change in dietary habits, it basically needs to generate. You basically gen need to generate meat, which would be lab-grown meat, for example, when it's not just a plant-based substitute for that, but it's the actual thing, just without the cow or the chicken. Yeah, you've got three ways to solve that: the, you know, make the cow better, but even then, you have the ethical issues there, 
or people who use plant material where they haven't succeeded in matching the taste or the cost. I know they have new generations coming, so I'm hopeful that'll improve. But as you say, the the cell-based approaches, they're not going to have a problem with the, the taste. Their challenge is very much the cost. But there's some great companies, uh, including one called Prolific, and it looks like we may get there. So sometimes the path is a lot longer and we underestimated how easy it would be for people like Beyond and Impossible to become mainstream. But they're out there, you know, doing doing new versions. So I'm I'm still hopeful. In this meat substitute area, is there a product that you've found attractive? So I was a vegetarian for years and last year I went vegan. So I'm a, like a big fan of meat substitutes. I think the the one that's my ultimate favorite was the Impossible Burger. And I had it in, it must have been 2019 when me and my team were in uh, San Francisco for, for a few months. But you can't get it in the UK. So, oh, really? Yeah. So um, that was, when I had the Impossible Burger, I think that was a, a real flip back to the sensation and taste of actually eating a burger. Like it really reminded me of like what an actual beef burger tastes like. And I hadn't had one for years. But yeah, unfortunately, we don't have Impossible Burger yet in the UK. I think my ultimate favourite there is is beyond meat. I think the taste is really good. The texture is really good. I'm sure many meat eaters would disagree that it doesn't quite match the experience for them. But for me, it's, it's really good. What about you? Yeah, the... I have to say sausage is an area where it seems to be easier for them to create something where I can't tell the difference or like a chicken sandwich. Ground beef, they are pretty close, particularly because you have salt and sauces on it. The ultimate might be a steak, although there are companies who who say uh, that, you know, even that they'll be able to achieve something. Almost every type of uh, food, milk, cheese, you know, there's interesting work going on. And so if you can get, say, beef or pork to be made this way, amazingly, that would even help with things like deforestation, because there's a whole chain of how those animals get fed. And so agriculture, I keep trying this stuff. There's a yogurt that I, I think is absolutely fantastic. I think we're pretty far away on fish. I haven't yet tried a, a meat substitute for fish that really matches the taste. Yeah, but for fish, there's this big trend away from ocean-based fishing to so-called aquaculture. And, you know, that started out as a very environmentally insensitive uh, thing. But now they're really improving what they do with their wastewater, how they control disease. And so it's interesting that we're almost to the point where half of the fish are coming from aquaculture. And at least in Africa, the upside to have a lot more of that um, is there. So it's not fish substitute, but it's just another way of growing the fish. Subscribe to Unconfuse Me wherever you listen to podcasts.